I think I saw that guy sitting next to me at a table last night, but I'm not sure. But um, as much as we are going through challenging times, uh, I tell you what, you look around at the nations and God is surely shaking things up. He's surely getting His church and His people ready for a time like this. Amen. And thank God for our aircon fund. I mean, it's a blessing, right? <laughs> See Marcel's putting his jacket on. Just one reminder, um, I know lots of guys are, are on leave, and if, you're on, if you are on leave, please take the time to relax, spend with your family, get yourself uh, refreshed for 2023. But if you're around, God is doing stuff. We are here, we are meeting on Christmas Day, um, as usual, 9 o'clock, I know you'll be opening your presents and whatnot just before that, but we're here as usual at 9 a.m. and also on the first we're here, and so if you're around, please come join us. Great. The kids have gone downstairs. Um, we're going to look at the Word of God this morning, and um, let's just open our hearts for that. Thank you, Lord, for your words. Thank you, Lord, for what you've already done this morning. We hear you, Lord. There are still some blank pages to be written. There are still some days that lie ahead that you want to fill in the blanks in our lives. You want to write that song. You want to write that story with us, Holy Spirit. So this morning, Lord, whatever has been, whatever has taken place, we leave it at the cross, and we want to put our eyes on what lies ahead and what you have for us. So come and minister to us, Holy Spirit. We don't need to hear my words. We don't need to hear my voice. We so desperately need to hear your voice. We so desperately need to hear your word. Help us with all the distractions, Lord, all that's going on. Everything that demands attention from our minds and our thoughts. In Jesus' name right now, I take authority over every thought. Takes us away from Jesus this morning. And this, this time here, we're going to lean into you. With intention. And I know, Holy Spirit, you're going to surprise us. I know you're going to do more than we can ask or expect. I know that you're extravagant. And we might have walked into this meeting thinking it's just another ordinary meeting. You want to blow our minds away today with your goodness and your kindness. So have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. So we've been talking about living our lives as a song. And I, I just... Uh, like I said to you, I constantly come back to this and uh, often try to hear what the, the song of my life sounds like. And it's good also to have those who live closely around you to help you. Because, you know, when you sing in the shower, you sound like you're properly in tune, on key, and all that. But it's good for people around you to, to let you know what the song of your life sounds like. What is your song sounding like today? Is it, a, is it a happy song? Is it a song 
Is the melody of your life one that maybe is just a little bit out of tune? One that you're carrying heaviness or, or you, you're carrying, you know, hurts in your life and pain? What's the rhythm of the song of your life? Are you, are you just feeling like I'm just outside of what God wants all the time? I just can't find that life that I'm in rhythm with what God has for me. And what's the atmosphere that the song of your life brings? When you walk into a situation, when you walk into a room, when you, walk, when you interact with someone else, what's the atmosphere of, the, of your life that you bring into that situation? And we've been saying, like, well, my life is that song, and God, we hear God's voice through the life Jesus lived. I mean, as we read about how Jesus lived, we hear the voice of God, we see His compassion, we hear the melodies of His grace and His mercy and His power, we, we hear His voice. And so the world and the people around you hear God's voice through the life that you live. That's great potential. Great potential. What's the message of your life? What is the message that you carry as, as a life that people would say, uh, mop, did something happen? Okay. And so I think like I've got, I'm trying to say to God, God, I want to be very intentional, Lord. You can take me and you can write a song and you can together with me, Lord, that song can be powerful and impact people's lives. And I want to be intentional. And I want to lean into the song that you have for my life. And you know, when you do that, the song that comes out can surprise you. Um, God can use us to do incredible things in other people's lives. And I, I'm this morning hoping to stir you a little bit for what God's called you to into the new year. Um, but I want to say that the song God wants us to sing is a spiritual song. It's a spiritual song that the Holy Spirit sings through us. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, you know, it's not a song that you sing with your natural ability. It's not a song you sing with your natural talents. It's a song that the Holy Spirit brings out of you. It's a life that you live that you thought you could never live, that somehow the Holy Spirit comes and He brings that, empowers you to do that. And Ephesians 5, verse 18 says, Don't be drunk with wine. Because that's going to ruin your life. Amen? Instead, that's amazing. You know, a drunk person doesn't realize when they're out of tune. You never heard that, right? You're going to hear a lot of it over Christmas. Don't realize they're not singing the song the way it's meant to be sung either. You know, wrong words, wrong tune, ah, it doesn't matter. And it's amazing, this scripture, because it says, Don't be drunk with wine. That will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I want to say God wants to surprise you with the life He can bring out of you if you just give the Holy Spirit a chance. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourself. You know, I've been reading, once, once I, I looked at this again, I read all those um, scriptures that say, sing a new song to the Lord. Sing a new song to the Lord. And I was wondering, what does that mean? It's, it's exactly what Marcel said. It's like, Lord, I know what my history says. I know what my past says. But Lord, I want to sing a new song. I want to sing the song that the Holy Spirit can sing through my life, surrendered to Him. A life empowered by the Holy Spirit. And it can shock you what God can do with a life surrendered to Him, filled with the Holy Spirit. It can be completely different to what you expect. 
And uh, since we're on this theme, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm, we're going to play it for you. And what I want you to see is just how surprising it can be when you surrender your life to God. You know, surrender is a very scary thing. In most cases, surrender is defeat. But when you surrender to Jesus, actually it's victory. Isn't that amazing? When you surrender to the King of Kings, when that area is surrendered to Him... Absolutely, you can't lose because he's already won the victory. But surrender to, in any other circumstances, I'm giving away my life to something that I don't know what's going to happen. It's, it's defeat and it's scary. But when we surrender to the Holy Spirit, he takes my life and he can absolutely, he can do more than you can imagine. If you can imagine your best life right now for God, your best life, he can do even more than that. He can sing a song that can ring out and touch thousands. Just your life. One life. And so um, let's play this clip. It's a bit like, let's just watch it and see. Hi, my lovely. Hi. Welcome to America's Got Talent. How are you? Um, a little bit nervous. That's okay to be nervous. That's totally understandable. What's your name? Courtney. And how old are you? 13. Oh, 13. Wow. Um, what's your favourite subject in school? Music. What kind of music? I don't know. <laughs> you're very sweet. And I'm guessing you're going to be singing for us? Yeah. Listen, don't be nervous. I know this is a big stage and there's lots of people here, but you're here for a reason, so go for it and good luck. Thank you. on their faces and what you realize is like here's this nervous little 13 year old that's wh what kind of music I don't know you know it's a typical teenage answer for like school subjects but what I love about this is when she began to sing and actually she went quite far in that competition there's this 
this voice that, that she sings with. And what I love about that is that she's singing under this absolute smile of a dad standing there giving approval. It's a powerful picture, you see, because it's like if I surrender to the Holy Spirit in my life, no matter how intimidating I might feel, when I sing that song under this approval of the Father, and I just give the Holy Spirit, then that roar of the Lion of Judah can come out of my life, and it can be powerful and impact so many lives. So I love that picture. And I want to say to you, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10, you see, this is what we've got to understand. I can never sing the song of someone else. can never sing Billy Graham's song or... Angus Buchan, or whoever you think you want to be like, there's a unique song. And that's what I love about her. You see, she's surprised and shocked everyone else because it's more like Marcel's style than like, isn't that Yerk used to do that, bro? They used to, yeah. It's a true story. It's very similar, bro. Even your dance moves, it looks very similar. But anyway, it's debatable. It's amazing because you see the world always paints this picture of what we're supposed to be and what we should be. But there's a unique song. And it's the song of when I surrender to the Holy Spirit and I live my life the way God wants me to live. There's a powerful song that's resounding out of my life constantly. And I don't have to fit someone else's mold. I just can allow the Holy Spirit to work through my life. And it doesn't matter if you feel insignificant. We live our lives under the smile of the approval of our Father in heaven. And that's what gives us confidence on the world stage. To say, Lord, I'm just going to enjoy singing this song. And go flat out, full on. And so Ephesians 3 verse 10, you get it? Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10, God's purpose in all this is to use the church to display His wisdom in its rich variety to the unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places. How beautiful is that? God designed the church to sing His song in the world under the power of the Holy Spirit in its rich variety, showing off His glory. Ephesians 3 verse 20, Now all glory to God who is able to, through the mighty power at work in us, to accomplish infinitely more than we can ask or think. Glory to Him in the church and in Jesus Christ in all generations forever and ever. Isn't that wonderful? Through the church, He wants to sing that song. And so we've said this, we've said that in the Bible we have this book called Song of Songs. It's the song God's written for our lives. And we need to lean into it. We need to be intentional. And we need to learn how to sing that song. And... Uh, Remember, we spoke about, can anyone remember the first verse of that song? I have his. Good. Senorita, you took notice. So, um, I don't know if we have those pictures or, or which order I did it in, Nika. I'm probably messing up with it. But in Song of Songs, there's this, there we go. Remember, he, he, brought, he brings us into his chambers. He brings us into his presence. And this is something for me, you know, no matter what 2020 has been like for you, this 2022 has been like as well. 
Are we still doing that? Gosh, I thought lockdown has messed up our calendar so bad and we're over that. But here we go. If 2022 is, it doesn't matter what you, you know, what you've been through or how it feels. What hasn't changed is that you've got access right into his chambers at any point. No matter what you've done. No matter how it feels. No matter how you think about yourself. You have access run into the presence of God because of the blood of Jesus. And I've learned that verse this year. Even when I don't feel like it, I I sing the song, I have His presence, I have His presence, I have His presence, I have His presence. Secondly, I have His provision. Remember, He he takes us to His table, and and you've got to listen to last week if you want to learn this verse. But, But... the um, king brings us to his table, and there's this great provision. Let me say this. No matter what you feel you need right now, he's already provided it in such a way that, that no one else can provide. If it is salvation, if it's redemption, the cross, he's provided all of that. If it's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, medical, financial, it doesn't matter. He's provided everything you need already through the cross. And so I sing this verse saying, I have his presence, I have his provision, and I have his commitment, his banner over me. Is love. Can you remember that? That's verse one. And I'm hoping you can learn that. I'm hoping that as we go into 2023 and the years to come in your life, that you don't begin to sing a song like this I'm such a victim. I don't have anything. Hope we don't begin to sing the song, I'm, I'm so good, I provided for myself. I hope we don't sing the song that I don't know where God is. I don't know if God is even for me or with me. or I don't know if God's even, is God even there? Is he, doesn't he, does He even care? I hope we don't sing that off beat, off rhythm, out of tune song. But the song of our life should be, I have His presence, I have His provision, I have His commitment. That's verse 1. Amen? And so we, if you haven't listened to last week's story, basically the song of songs, um, the, there are three characters in the story. There's this lady which represents the church or the bride. There is this king, and she, she catches a glimpse of this king, and she desires a relationship with this king. And so she, she, it's like the first day I met Jesus. I didn't know everything about him. Can you think back of that time when you gave your heart to Jesus? That time when He first stepped into your life and you realized His presence is different to every other presence. His provision is unlike any and His commitment is unlike any. That very first day when He opened your eyes to see how beautiful He is. And so the other character is the friends. It's the people around us. And there's this beautiful relationship between the king and this bride that's developing in this story. And he's drawing her, he's pulling her to himself, he's teaching her how to sing the song. And like I said, the first three um, places he brings her to is his chambers, his table, and his banqueting hall. What's the theme of the story? Well, once again in Hebrews 13, 20, I just remind us, may the God of peace, who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, 
ratified an eternal covenant with his blood. May he equip you. Can you say equip you? You see, this song is about the Holy Spirit putting God into me so that the world can hear that song. It's not about my talents. It's not about my abilities or my achievements or, or what I can do or can't do or who I am. And my, it's got nothing to do with that. It's about God and the Holy Spirit equipping me to sing the song of songs, to live the life that He is destined for me, to equip you with all you need for doing His will, and may He produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that pleases Him. And so today I want to I teach you verse 2, if that's okay. So if you read Song of Songs, you realize every time uh, um, it's broken down into seven little passages. I know there's eight chapters in your Bible, but we added the chapters afterwards. When it was written, every time you read, don't awaken love until it so desires, you read it six times, which divides the book into seven verses. The first verse I've explained to you, we're going to look at verse two. Is that good? You ready to learn the song? All right, so here we go. I'm going to read this, and then we'll come back to it and just um, explain a few things. Here we go. Chapter 2, verse 8. Song of Songs. Listen, exclamation mark. My beloved. This is the, the bride. This is the, the, her speaking. She says, listen, my beloved. Look, here he comes. She's recognizing him. She's learned to hear his voice. She's learned to recognize him. See that? He's leaping across the mountains, bounding over the hills, okay? So you can imagine this is a different scene in this story. This is a different verse. This is not the banqueting table or, or anything like that. This is her seeing the king bouncing over the mountains, coming towards her. My beloved is a gazelle or a young stag. Look, there he stands behind our wall, Gazing through the windows, peering through the lattice. We'll come back to this just now. My beloved spoke and said to me. So now she, she can hear he's saying something to her. Arise, my darling, my beautiful one. Come with me. <clears throat> See, exclamation mark, the winter is past. The rains are over and gone. Flowers appear on the earth. And the season of singing has come. The cooing of doves, that's how it is in the New Living Translation, is heard in our land, and the fig tree forms its early fruit. The blossoming vines are spreading their fragrance. Listen. Arise, come, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. All right? And then... We see in verse 14, he says, catch for us the little foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyard. So you, you realize what he's saying. He's saying the vineyard is in full bloom. The season of winter is gone. Come with me. And now we see uh, uh, there's a little verse tucked in there where suddenly there's a wall between them. Did you notice that? She first sees him bounding outside, and now and then she says, okay, now I'm looking at him, and there seems to be this wall between me and him. It's like he's outside, and I'm inside. And then he responds here, and he says, catch for us the little foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, 
our vineyards that are in bloom. Amazing. And then she responds again, verse 16. And I spoke about this progression last, last week, but in verse 16 of, of chapter 2, my beloved is mine and I am his. So this is still her level of maturity at this point. He's calling her to arise. He's calling her to come with him. He's saying to her, see the seasons change. She finds herself behind the wall, and there's these little foxes that's spoiling what could be a different kind of relationship. Are you seeing the picture so far? And he's saying, catch those little foxes, because sometimes it's the little things that's going to mess up this, this beautiful next part of the song in your life and she says in verse 16 well my beloved is mine she's saying she's in that state of her maturity where it's all about uh, again what what what's hers what belongs to her somehow she slipped into she's in the center of the song and he browses among the lilies and then in verse 17 until the day breaks and the shadows flee Turn, my beloved, and like a gazelle or a young stag on the, uh, uh, and be like a gazelle or a young stag on the rugged hills. You know what she's saying to him? She's saying, like, I'm going to wait here, and I'm, I can see you out there bounding on the mountains and the hills, but I'm over here, and there's this wall between us, and can you please turn around and come back to me? You've never had that in your relationship with Jesus, right? Where it feels like, Lord, I wasn't doing anything differently, and suddenly there's this wall between us. And you feel so far away from me. And it, just now we were at the table and in the banqueting hall, and wow, I could feel your presence all over. Now what happened? I have done nothing differently. Oh Lord, please come back to me. Maybe there's something we should be doing. And so in chapter 3, verse 1, which is one of the strangest verses in this whole book, all night long on my bed, I looked for the one my heart loves. I mean, you're still in the bedroom. All night long on the bed. It's not such a big place. I looked for him and I didn't find him. Verse 2, I will get up now and go. Can you say go? I will get up, I will go. See, this is the verse that follows verse 1. It's a verse that God calls us into maturity as the bride. And it's a verse that we don't always like to sing because we like, we tend to think that the song is about us. And we tend to think like, you know, there's only verse 1 and I love the wine house and I love the table and I love the, the chambers. And can I not just stay in that place where mine, 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 Jesus is mine. But actually, He calls us to come with Him, to arise, to be who He's called us to be. And so it says here, so... I will get up now, go about the city and the streets and the squares. How's that? And I will search for the one my heart loves. Notice she's looking for him in a different place than verse 1. 
And this is why we find people for going to church. Because you are the church. And we carry with us His presence wherever we go. Not just in a room, in a meeting, on a Sunday. So I looked for him, I didn't find him. Verse 3, the watchmen found me as they made their rounds in the city. Have you seen the one my heart loves? Verse 4, scarcely had I passed them when I found the one my heart loves. Isn't it amazing? All night long in my bed, I'm looking, nothing. I get up, I go. I scarcely passed them and I found them. It's an amazing thing. Suddenly, his presence is back there with her. And um, I held him. I wouldn't let him go until I brought him to my mother's house, the room of the one who conceived me. Isn't that a beautiful picture? This is verse 2 as we mature in our walk with Jesus. Anyone who makes a commitment to follow Jesus, the day all those people buried in my pool, all those people that have been baptized, the day I give my heart to Jesus, my old life is buried, and my new life, I have His presence, I have His provision, and I have His commitment. He will never, when I come into His presence, the blood of Jesus is perfect. I can come into His presence anytime. I have His provision. I have His commitment. His banner over me is love. But yet, this is what He wants me to do. He wants me to mature so that I can come with Him. So let's have a look at this quickly and break it down as the church. In verse 8, let's start at the beginning, and I'll make a couple of comments and we're done. You following this? I'm hoping that in your life, you are still on the mission with Jesus. Because the song of your life is not just one where we stay at the table in the chambers and in the wine house. But actually the song for your life is that God wants you to come with Him on the mission. And there's something He's called you to. And it's unique. And it's a work that He's prepared in advance for you to do. And only you can do it. And He's calling you to arise and to play your part. And so chapter 2, verse 8. Listen, my beloved. Look, here he comes, leaping across the mountains, bounding on the hills. First thing here I realize is that she has now learned to hear his voice. She, she listens and she recognizes it's her beloved. This is maturity. When you first give your heart to Jesus, he walks into you. Uh, you walk into him. You're not necessarily looking for him. He brings you in to the chambers. You're overwhelmed with his presence, his provision, etc., etc. But as you grow, you have to learn how to hear the voice of God. Absolutely crucial. And again, some Christians who don't even bother hearing the, the, the voice of God or how God speaks, not reading the words, not having others speak into their lives, not concerned about what is it that God is saying right now. She's grown. She's matured. Secondly, she recognizes where he's working. This is part of maturity. It should be the song of my life. If I'm saying like I'm growing and I'm following Jesus, I recognize what he's saying. I see what he's doing. Remember Proverbs 29, 18. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he's revealed, they're most blessed. It's funny how we can be immature 
not recognize his voice, not see what he's doing, and we're constantly saying, God, will you bless what I'm doing? It's, it's not the right, the right way to go about this. Sorry, my accent keeps coming out. It's from, I think it's from last night. And then the picture she has of him here is he's bounding over the mountains. Now, you remember, it's a picture of the king, and the king is representing Jesus in this song. And so when did Jesus speak about mountains? He actually did speak about mountains. And it was the time when, when remember, there was this, uh, I think it was a man who had a, a child who kept having seizures and being thrown into the fire and into the water, and they... Uh, they, they uh, they brought him to the disciples, and the disciples couldn't cast out the demon or couldn't heal this boy, remember? And they didn't really bring it up because it was kind of like not what you talk about in front of Jesus. But someone brought it up and said, hey, I brought this child to your disciples, and they couldn't heal him. Can you maybe do something? And then Jesus answers in Matthew 17. He says, it's because you have such little faith. I tell you, if you have faith like a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, which mountain? This mountain of doubt, this mountain of defeat. You will say to this mountain, be moved and it will be thrown into the sea. So mountains represents like my lack of faith, my defeat. You understand? And Jesus jumping over all the mountains is like in his resurrection power. Those things are not even difficult for Jesus. With one word, he changes them. And so the picture of, of the king bouncing over the mountains is like Jesus in his resurrection power calls the church to arise and come with him. Can you see the picture? He's saying, I've got something for you. It's more than just my table and my presence and my wine house. I've got a mission for you. And I have all power and all authority in heaven and on earth. So therefore, you have to go and make disciples of all nations. But she's resisting here. She's saying, like, I like it in bed. Can you bring me coffee? Can you bring me breakfast? Can you see what's happening here? And so um, suddenly in verse 9, you see there's this wall between them, and she's on the inside, and he's on the outside. And I tell you, many Christians live their lives like that. They don't feel the presence of God because where they are at is just, Jesus is supposed to do all this good stuff for me in my life. And that, he does, but it's immaturity to just remain there. Because actually Jesus saved you for a purpose. It's to display his manifold wisdom. And actually, Jesus saved the ch all of us for the mission that he's called us to. And when we begin to resist the call of God on our life, for whatever little foxes or reasons we have, what happens between us and Jesus, it feels like there's a wall, and Jesus is there, and I'm here. And so many Christians go through this, honestly. They're just like, I feel like Jesus is no more with me. Where is he? he? He's there, but he's also out there, and he's calling you. And so what happens is he begins to speak in verse 10. And the first thing, there's three things he tells her. Number one, he says, arise. He's calling her to her royal position. Arise. 
Stand up as the people of God. 1 Peter 2, you are not like that. You are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's very possession. Arise, take your place as the holy people of God. He's saying, arise. We are not the victims on planet earth. We are the royal ones. That's our place. That's our role. He has called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's chosen people. You've, once you didn't receive mercy, now you receive mercy. That's 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. And he keeps saying to her, arise. Don't, don't, we, we, as the church of Jesus Christ, as we mature, we hear his voice. We see where he's working. We realize in his resurrection power, through his power, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And he calls us to live with him and partner with him in the mission he's got in saving the world. And the first thing he says to us is, arise, take your place. We're the bride of Christ. Second thing he says to her is, come with me. Come with me. Twice, come with me. What Jesus began to do and teach, we are supposed to complete until he comes again. Isn't that amazing? We come on the mission with Jesus. Jesus doesn't come on the mission with us. We come with him. He's the captain. He's the one who sends out the harvesters. He's the one who builds the church. And, and so he says, come with me. Uh, you know, there are three things from this verse that I feel God's revealing one that leadership is a gift from god leadership is a gift from god and you stay in your immaturity when you refuse to allow jesus to lead you and he leads you through his holy spirit but he leads you through leaders that he appoints he leads you through his word and i tell you we'll never be on the mission Unless we understand that leadership is a gift from God. The only way Jesus gets me from where I am to where he wants me is if he leads me and I follow him. It's amazing when Jesus went around. This is what he said. Follow me. That's leadership. Follow me. The second thing is that faith and obedience will conquer my fear. And the last one is that his presence is with us on the mission. Well done, Nika. You're jumping around so well with me. And so, um, he says, come with me. I tell you, the mission God has called us to will require faith. And whatever makes you afraid to say yes to what God's called you to. If you will say yes, he will do more than you can ask or imagine. And you know all those things you're afraid of? If you say yes to the mission, if you come with me, Jesus is saying, that's when your life will make a difference. That's when your life will matter. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, we are God's handiwork 
created in Christ Jesus to do goods, good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. There is some stuff that God has called you to do. And I don't care what the person next to you is doing or what the people around you are doing. We need to rise up as the people of God and understand we're the ones He's called. Secondly, we need to say, Lord, I'm coming with you. Where, where are you going? I don't know, but I'm coming with you. I can't jump over those mountains. It's impossible for me. But Lord, I believe that if I say yes to what you've called me to, I'm going to come with you and I'm going to experience that same resurrection power. And thirdly, he says to her, see, it's a new season. Arise, come with me, see. Not in Mexican knees. See us, thank you. See, I know, I don't know. You didn't have to answer. It sounded good up until that point. <laughs> Mexican is not a language, by the way. I was told. He says, See, now that's see, it's a new season. It's amazing that people come to Christ your whole past is obliterated as far as the east is from the west your sins are removed you have royal status you can come into the presence of god you have access to the provision of heaven and yet we live in an old season of winter you see in winter you close up all the um Rachel's telling us it's minus something in England now, whatever. That's when you close all the windows, you light the fire, everyone huddles around the fire, you stay in bed. You're just like, why? Because it's cold out there. You know what I mean? Oh, you don't know, Donnie, how painful my life has been. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what winter I've been through. It's been a terrible winter. I planted, nothing grew, nothing's happening, nothing's, I'm, I'm not worth anything. I can't do anything. I'm saying like, friends, that season is over. You are a new creation. See, the winter is gone. And so those three things, she begins to recognize, okay, well, he's now calling me to come with him. Honestly, guys, so many people have been discouraged and put off what God's called him to. And, and, and what he says here is, um, catch for us the little foxes. What are the little excuses you have for not doing what God is calling you to do? For not saying yes to the mission. That he has for your life. I don't know. Sometimes it's such small things, you know, that we, we come up with. Lord, I don't have the time for this. Lord, no one else is doing it. Lord, I, I, I can't fully commit myself to this thing that you've called me to. Lord, I, I don't feel I'm adequate. Lord, I don't, ha I don't know. But they're little foxes that ruin the vineyard. And so he says to her, you know why there's a wall between us? It's because you need to catch those little foxes. And you need to stop making reasons and excuses why you haven't said yes to the thing that God has called you to. And I'm saying this is the, the song I keep coming back to. 
in 2023 and, and even as we land this year, I'm saying, Lord, am I still singing this verse? Or has it become, oh, Lord, you know, I know you've called me, but. And Lord, you know, you know I don't, I'm not you, Jesus. I'm not perfect, and I can't do this, and I don't have the resurrection power. And I feel God say, arise, boy. Get up. You're with me. See, the season has changed. You're not a victim. You're not a slave. You're no longer a slave. You're a child of God. Get up. I put you here. Begin to sing the song I've called you to sing. Again. And there are some situations and circumstances I just think like, Lord, this is impossible. Cannot change. This person, harder than a papaya. Can't change. And God's saying, which season are you living in? Arise, my boy. Come with me there. See what I'm doing. Listen to what I'm saying. Get out from behind the wall. The wall is not from his side. The wall sometimes is from my side. I'm not responding to what he's calling me to, so I feel like he's not with me. <clears throat> Are you there? And so in verse 16, we see her confession again. My beloved is mine, and I am his. And she says, turn my beloved. She's like, you know what she's saying? She's saying, Jesus, I love you. And after 10 years, I gave my life to Jesus. And it's like, Lord, can, we, can you turn? Can you just take the mission part out of it? Can we just stay here in the wine house, Lord? In the chambers? Do we have to, this great commission, this great, no, I have to do something. You're calling me to, can we not just? And she's fully expecting him to turn back and say, okay, it's all right. You can serve me in this way. But he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't. Because somehow Jesus knows that it's good for me to be serving the king in his kingdom and to put him center in my life and not myself. And so <clears throat> he doesn't turn around because he's rescuing her from her own self-centeredness. Verse 1 of chapter 3. All night long in my bed, I looked for the one my heart loves. Amazing. All night long. You know how we can mope in these times? I don't feel the presence of God. I don't feel Him. Where has He gone? Forsaken me. Lord, turn. Come back. Bring a coffee or something. Jesus, please. You haven't blessed me. Everyone else is getting blessed and everyone else is, and I'm here, Lord, and where are you? And you're not here, Lord. I feel like there's a wall between us. Probably is. He's not going to let up because he's not my servant. I'm his. You get it? And I have to mature and I have to realize the best place I can ever be in my life is in the center of the will of God. Serving the purpose God has called my life. It's the best place. It's where His provision is. It's where His presence is. It's where His promises are. It's there. And no matter what my experience in the past season has been, it doesn't matter how many winters I've been through. 
This is a new season because of the cross of Jesus Christ. And I'm saying to you today, are you still living for His, for His glory? Are you still living for the thing He's called you to through the church? Or have you been put off somehow by some little fox? Spoiling the whole vineyard, that one little fox, that one little thing, that one little, or maybe there's a whole lot of foxes. But they're little foxes. Amen? It's amazing because Jesus also talks about animals, but he talks about a wolf, not a fox. As far as I know, they're different. And I know the wolf, he comes, he's the thief who comes to rob, kill, and destroy. But the foxes are little tiny things that we allow. We allow them because Jesus is not saying here, devil, I bind you and I, you know. He's saying, catch for us the little foxes. Deal with it. Make a decision. I'm not going to allow that to put me off from what God's called me in my life. Honestly, I tell you, so many Christians right now out of the race, not, not counting. And if you ask for what reason, little fox. And so she finally says, I will now get up. It's amazing how persistent Jesus can be. Narcolepsy. I saw that. I mean, it is a grueling program for dignitaries to be at meetings and all that, all day long and all that. My fellow person is distracting me. I will get up and I'll go about the city through its streets and its squares. You know, while we're focusing on the nations, we're just trying to enlarge our hearts a bit. I want to tell you, there in the squares, in our city, in the streets, you will find Jesus there when you realize we're on a mission every day. That there are people out there that are so broken, messed up, in bondage, absolutely far away from God. They don't, have the pr they don't realize they can have access to the provision of God. They don't have the presence of God. They don't live under the banner of His love. They live under the banner of, of death. And so she says, I'll get up and I'll go. I'll get up and I'll go. It's the cry from heaven always. Who will sing this song for us? Who will go? Who will actually go? Who will I send? Is it some ayah? Either Jeremiah or Isaiah, one of them. Here am I, Lord. Send me. There might be no one else, Lord, but here am I. Send me. I'll sing. I'll be your voice in there, in the streets, in the squares. Amen. And uh, she says, yeah, scarcely had I passed them when I found the one in my heart lost. She's like amazed. So you're not just, you know, when Renal was a preschool teacher, the kids saw her at the shops one day. And they were like. Because they only, when they came to school, she was there. When they went home, she was at the school. There was even a bed in the sick bay. They thought she lived there. <laughs> and now they saw in the shop and they were like, 
She moves around. And I imagine the same in this story. It's like, she's like, wow. So he's not just in the bedroom. No. Jesus is not just in the church meetings, guys. He's in the streets, in the squares. He's where the lost people are. That's where he is. And yes, he's here. But please, Lord, help us that we don't just come here for the presence of God. That we build this wall that unsaved people can't get over. And, 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 and Jesus is out there where the lost people are. And we're sitting in here having great meetings. I love meetings. We should meet. But our meetings should result in us getting on what God's calling us to do. Amen? And that's the song. It's the second verse only. There's seven. But I think we need to mature. And I think there needs to be consistency to learn this song properly. To say, Lord, I'm not going to let foxes stop me. Lord, leadership is a gift from you. Lead me, Jesus, out of the place I'm in to where you want me to lead me. I'm going to open up my life, Lord. I'm going to be accountable. I'm going to let you actually speak. I'm going to let you lead me, Lord. I'm going I'm to submit and I'm going to surrender so you can take me from where I am to where you want me to be, Lord. Only way, Lord, I'm going to conquer the fear of doing what you've called me to is faith and obedience. I'm just going to come with you. I'm going to arise. I'm going to say yes. And I'm going to live like we're in that resurrection season. We're already there, friends. You know, for us, we've given our hearts to Jesus. If we had time, we could, we could talk about this theology. We're already living in that age where the kingdom can break in here. That's why we can trust God for healings. One day there'll be no sickness, no disease, whatever. But we're not sitting here waiting somehow for that to happen like it's a destination. That kingdom breaks in now already. People are set free now already. People are healed now already. People are liberated now. Not fully, but, but one day fully, but already now. We're not waiting for it like at some destination we're arriving at. We have the keys of the kingdom. We can unlock the kingdom here now. People can be healed now here on planet earth in this age. Why? Because Jesus has already inaugurated the kingdom. He's already come. He's already said, I've, I've smashed the kingdom of darkness. I've given you the keys. I'm going to prepare a place, but you use the keys if you need to. And whenever you come across the kingdom of darkness, just unlock heaven, unlock the kingdom, bring freedom, preach freedom, liberate, open the blind eyes, raise the dead, heal the sick, tell those who are lame, get up, walk. And so it's only to say yes to what God's called me to do is the only thing that's going to overcome my fear of I can't do what Jesus did. I can't bound over those hills and jump. And we learn also that His presence is with me when I'm on the mission He's called me to. Matthew 28, therefore go, therefore go, go. City life, we're a going people. Apostolic heart. We exist for the sake of the unsaved. We don't exist for us. We exist for those who are not here. Out there. Don't know Jesus. Therefore go. Make disciples. Not converts. Not churchgoers. Not make followers of Jesus. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And teach them to obey everything 
I commanded you. Not teach them what you want. Teach them what Jesus commanded. And here it is. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. His presence is with me when I'm on his mission. That's verse 2. I hope that we learn to sing that song. My question to you is, are you living under his leadership? Are you allowing him to lead you? Because otherwise you'll end up in the bedroom, I'm telling you. Not for a hiding. You'll end up, your Christianity, you know what's the problem with people who are not connected to a local church? Let me tell you what's the problem. Their whole Christianity is about them. That's the problem. They're in the bedroom. And whenever Jesus doesn't do what they want him to do, there's a drama. And they're always, you know what I mean? Their Christianity is only about them. That's the problem if you're not connected to a church. Flat out. I'll tell you straight out. Your Christianity becomes just about you. The reason the church exists is not because it gives me salvation or it helps me. or what. We exist to make disciples of nations. That's all why we exist. And so my reflection of my commitment to a local church is my reflection to the mission Jesus gave us. Are you... Under his leadership. Second question, are you still living by faith in his ability? Have you, uh, do you still believe all nations can be discipled? Do you still believe people can be saved? Do you still believe God heals? Do you still believe in this mission that he's given us is possible? And are you personally, sir, ma'am, are you still exercising your faith through obedience to what he's called you to? Or are you saying, like, oh, I can't do that. I don't know how to do this. Um, I've got these reasons why I'm not fully surrendering to, to Jesus. It's half past. And are you still playing your part in the mission? Let's stand. I don't know what it looks like for your life, but like that girl, Courtney Hadwin, I think is her name. I know when the Holy Spirit sings through me. When I'm in a situation and I, and I don't know the answer and, I, and I'm surrendering and I'm realizing I have his presence, his provision and his commitment, but also I'm under his leadership. What are you doing, Lord? What's happening here? And I have faith, Jesus, that in the situation, when, I, when that happens and I give him the space, the Holy Spirit roars through me. I recognize it when it's him singing. And he's put into me and he's equipped me for that purpose. And it's the same for each one of you. And it looks different. But we're on the same mission. Let's close our eyes for a moment. Lord, I want to be under your leadership. I, Donnie, me, I'm making this confession, Lord, that I have people around me through who you can speak to to make sure, Lord, I remain under your leadership, Lord. Secondly today, Lord, where I, I don't want to become lazy in my faith, Lord. And whatever little foxes puts me off and whatever my season has been, it's a different season, Lord. You're calling me to live in the spring of the cross of Jesus Christ, the resurrection power, Lord. 
And today I just say yes to whatever it is that you're calling me to do. And thirdly, Lord, I answer this question for myself. I want to be on the mission you've called me to. It doesn't matter what people around me are doing. It doesn't matter the, the state of the church or the people or the circumstances, Lord. I say yes to following you in making disciples of all nations. That's my yes to you, Jesus. I want to learn to sing this song, not just today, but till the day I die, Lord. And I thank you that your presence is with me, even in that mission. In Jesus' mighty name. Bless you, Lord. Let your church bring you glory. Even over this Christmas time when many unsaved people, that's the one time in their life you can talk about Christ. Let us sing your song. Let it ring out from us, Lord. Let us realize we're not just about the gifts and the decorations and the Christmas carols and all that, Lord. We're about the, the King, Christ. Let us arise, Lord. Take our place. People with a real answer, Jesus, the King. Bless your church, Lord, as we come with you into all that you've called us to in 2023. There are things that make us afraid, Lord. There are mountains of our defeats <laughs> and our doubts and our fears. But Lord Jesus, you've conquered them all. And we come with you. We don't go in our own strength. We go in your strength. And we look forward to a season where your vineyard, Lord God, is overflowing with fruitfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Let's have coffee. Let's enjoy together. Have a great week. Please hang out with us. We'd love to do that.